Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Twatter Spotter merch, Lippy Order Chaos, Flying Through a Tunnel, and Why Don't You See New Cement Mixers. Now, Lippy. Yes. It's flipping hot. It's B word hot. Yes. The thermometer in the office is showing 28.3 degrees, and I've had to turn the fan off and shut the door. So it's getting a bit warm. So we're going to rattle through this. Let's do this quickly then. (laughs) Let's, Let's do it. So last week, we showed a picture on on the gram of a the an gram. article i bought from a shopping swadage yes now, interestingly people of a certain age that is my age more mm. or less all got it right and it is in fact a device for pulling out a pickled onion out of a jar and then depositing it on your plate so Ooh. i have a little video that wife of grumpy did last week so i shall post that on the gram to go inside with this this release. What an unnecessary tool. <laughs> Have you ever tried to get a pickled onion out of a jar? Oh, a pickled onion. Sorry, I thought it was a pickle. No, pickled onion. I only heard the pickle part. No. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, then that makes a lot of sense because they are hard work. You can't stab them and you can't scoop them. It's okay if it's a full jar, but if you've only got a few in there, then they do move mm. around. They are quite difficult. They do. They start to... Um, float a bit more don't they a bit like herding cats so that's what it was so congratulations <laughs> to those that got it right and thank you for well getting well in touch with um with your your thoughts mm. so a friend of mine who's on holiday at the moment went off to the isles of silly very excitedly sent me a picture of a twatter which was the yes. means of transport presumably from somewhere in cornwall to the isles of silly and i wondered whether our upcoming merch whether we should have a twatter spotter mug we could have a Twatter Spotter mug. Yep. Really hard to say. It is. That's a Twatter Spotter mug. Maybe a Twatter Spotter cap. Or maybe. To yes. wear while you're Twatter Spotting. Yes, very good. You've, you've done very well at that. I'm not going to say it again because you know, <laughs> it up. Also, last week I mentioned we'd had two vehicle breakdowns in August. Yeah. Uh, the first one was a van. The second one was Wife of Grumpy's car. And bizarrely, it was the cap for the coolant expansion tank wasn't working properly no signs of a crack in it i bought a tool that is best described as a bicycle pump with a selection of radiator and expansion tank caps and it's got a pressure gauge on it you pump it up to a certain pressure and then you either see the water flowing out which i did with the van or the thing goes down and you know you've got a leak somewhere i tried it on there and it was absolutely fine so one new cap from volvo later and it does seem to be okay Minor inconvenience, but not an expensive repair. In fact, I got an emergency one from Amazon delivered the same day for £3.79. No way. Yeah. The, the Volvo one was quite a bit more, but I thought probably best to have an emergency one in the back of the car. That's If it's well broken once, that's probably a good idea to have a spare one. Well, that car is 19 years old, so and it's the original cap, so it's not done bad. Impressive. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, and you have a story about an order. I do. Actually, a very lovely, not a lovely, it's lovely for me. I feel like I've triply won out of this order. But I found out one of my friends who's my age, which was a bit of a shock, is pregnant. And it was a planned pregnancy. <laughs> so now I feel old. Uh, but anyway, that's 
So I thought, oh, I'll get her a few little bits as like a little congratulations present. Very good. Because I'm, I'm a nice person sometimes, you know. So did that, went on a shop that sells mainly like creams and stuff to help with like stretch marks when your belly's growing. And it was like this bundle. And I was like, oh, that's good. You get loads in it. It had money off. And then they also did an NHS discount, which is nice. I did that as well. So paid like half the price it was meant to be anyway for this product, for the bundle of stuff. It came and I was all excited. I thought, oh, I'll just triple check that everything's in there. Never would normally do that. So there must have been some sixth sense going on. And one of the products was missing, but they had in an extra one of another product. So I was like, well, the reason I bought it, it's a rude name, the product, so I'm not going to say it. Um, But it is the reason I bought it because it was the rude name. It was quite funny. So I emailed them just saying, oh, I've received the bundle today, but one of the, this item wasn't in the bundle. Without even asking any other questions, they just said, oh, we'll credit it back to you. I was like, great. Do I tell them about the extra product? Why well, I didn't. But anyway. <laughs> so they credited me back. £27. Blimey. Didn't realise how expensive it was for this one thing. But then I went online and they were doing another bundle on offer, a smaller bundle with the product in it that I wanted and one other product. So I got her that. So now she's got loads of cream. Excellent. That's a very so, expensive pot of cream. I know. I I think it might have been like a percentage of the bundle they sent back. I don't know. It was because it was, she said she included postage for me as well because obviously I'd already paid for the postage the first time and it didn't come in that bundle. But that seems like a, I think she made a mistake if I'm perfectly honest. Well, it does sound like it. But I left them a lovely review. Well, I should hope so too. What's wrong with the tub of E45 from Superdrug? Well, it's like a cooling gel in there and like a tummy stretch gel and then a... Well, I think the last thing you want to do is stretch your tummy anymore. Well, that's a good point, yeah. But there was lots of... there was. It's not just cream, it's like cooling stuff. Although she probably doesn't need that because she's going to be pregnant during winter, but... She's pregnant today. You she never know. Need it. I could do with it, quite frankly. Well, she hasn't got it today. That's the issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh the weather house. turns tomorrow, so yes. Yeah, so by the time it got picked up by Royal Mail today, so by the time she gets it, it'll be cold again. Yes, I think we've got thunderstorms in a few hours, so... Uh, oh, yes. I love a thunderstorm. Yeah. Might actually sleep well tonight. Yes, it has been a bit tricky, hasn't it? We, in our main bedroom, we have a fan on the ceiling that's also the light that is oh, yes. very... Seven seventies, would you say that is? I'm not sure you could attribute to a decade. To be honest, it's it's no, it's a it's very weird very... thing, and I love it. I think it's brilliant. Chris loved it. I wanted to get rid of it instantly, but oh my god, that is the best fan! Like absolutely incredible. Cools the room down so quickly, brilliant. and just get this lovely breeze all night. So much better than a standing fan. So unfortunately, it's very ugly, but we are keeping it. Does it blow downwards or suck upwards? I'm going to say it blows downwards because there's a lot of like air, like you can feel mm. the breeze on you quite a lot. So I would say it blows downwards. Okay. Oh, it's interesting. We were having a discussion earlier about the fan in the conservatory, which is below a couple of skylights. And I think it's better mm. if you have it on sucking mode. So it's pulling the hot air or the cold air up from the bottom of the room and pushing the hot air out of the skylights but how would you know uh, only with a thermometer 
done a bit of research, but which also, I can't be bothered but how, to I feel like a fan doesn't fan as a fan, just does what a fan does, you know? Yes. You can't make but, it do something different. <laughs> well, sometimes you can turn it. So the one in the conservatory, you can have in one of two modes. You can either have it blowing or sucking it versus the polarity of the electricity. So the motor spins the other way. Oh, so it's linked with the direction. Absolutely. Same as if you uh, took a airplane propeller off and put it the other way around. Same reason that airplanes go up yeah. and Formula One cars squeeze down on the road. We'll do a Fair lesson point. in aerodynamics. I just never thought... I'd never thought about it, to be perfectly honest. Yes. So by having it pushed down for the ceiling, you're effectively pulling hot air down the room, but the action of the fan cools the air. So it's six or one and a half dozen of another. I have no clue which one it does, but whatever it does, it does it great. That's the only <laughs> thing that matters, is that the room exactly. is nice and cool. And it stays. Yes. So it'll be a, a 1970s yes. feature for a few years longer. Excellent. Well, probably forever longer. Yes, I think you're probably right. Uh, we're coming over mm-hmm. to do some DIY on Sunday, which will be fun. Uh, you are, which I'm so grateful for because yeah. I will have chopped off a hand. Yes, good. Has the wood arrived? If I did it. Yes, this morning. Excellent. It's all here. Counted it. Good. Down the side of our house, ready. Brilliant. Excellent. Look forward to uh, to doing that. May I get some stories from that. Almost certainly. Hopefully not from A&E. <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> well, hopefully we have fingers at the end of it. Now, I've been rooting around the internet, as I do, looking for odd and weird stories. And I've come up with one to do with powered scooters. So you may have seen there is a bit of a scourge, which is a powered scooter on roads and pavements, uh, particularly in Mm. cities, and some slightly irresponsible scootering, if that's the correct term. Anyway, this is not a new thing. Apparently, it dates back as far as 1916. So that's over 100 years ago. And there was a vehicle called an autoped, which were powered by mostly petrol, but there were some electric ones. Because electric vehicles weren't unusual around that time. There was lots of experimenting. The battery technology was fairly rudimentary, yeah, unlike, unlike now. Anyway, so you look at the photos of these, and it's mostly the suffragette women on these photos. And there are some. Oh, there's some postmen as well. And uh, they were whizzing around various cities on uh, on these autopeds. And the thing that gets you about it is how smartly dressed these people are. They're, Very they're smartly dressed. Really smartly dressed. And it's, it's odd. I was looking at some photographs with my mum a couple of weeks ago. And a lot of them were taken on holiday where you'd be walking on the promenade and there'd be a photographer there and he'd take a photo of you and your family. And the ones where my mum was young, so maybe late 40s, early mid to late 40s after the war had finished, Second World War, they're all immaculately dressed. And as you progress mm. through the album, you start to get... And the photographs are beautiful as well. They're, they're crystal clear. They're really sharp. And then yeah, you get they're to very the, good pictures. Yeah, the 70s and the Instagram period, not Instagram, Instamatic period, and the photos are just dreadful. But people's clothing is yeah. deteriorated. So you get to the state that I go in holiday, which is basically short, shorts and a T-shirt and not a full suit and tie. And it, in some respects, it is a shame, but I don't think I'd be wearing a suit on holiday. No, don't you wear a suit on holiday. Definitely. I like that they're giving each other backies as well on there. There is There's a bit two of that, people on there? a scooter. Yeah, yeah that's quite that's impressive. They're quite, quite big bits of kit as well. They're not, uh, they're not small. Mm. 
But there's some great advertising as well. I'll post a link to this on our usual places. But it was interesting that the, the scourge has occurred before, so history is repeating yes. itself somewhat. Although they, they're illegal now, so... Well, I, whether some, term. yeah, well, I don't know if they were or not then. Probably, they were probably okay because there weren't that many vehicles, so they hadn't, government hadn't worked out that actually they could tax people for having one. Damn everyone. I wasn't going to say that. So another common topic of conversation in the grumpy household is when does Christmas start? And I was horrified to see an article last week saying that the range have already got their Christmas trees up and available for sale. No, that's crazy. It's not even been Halloween. Well, it was only barely September. I think this was the 2nd of September. 1st of September, this article was. I was then even more horrified when Wife of Grumpy came home from the shops with four advent calendars. Oh, yeah, she told me. I forgot she said that. I didn't even flinch, to be fair, when she said that. I think because we were talking to the man about our sofas and he said there'll be... You'll have them just before Christmas, so Christmas is on the brain. But uh, you okay. can't find an advent yeah. calendar in September. Well, the theory behind it, or the reasoning behind it, was that she normally leaves it a bit too late. So end of mm. November, goes into the shop, and the one she wants isn't there. They're all gone. So we've flip-flopped yeah. from buying too late to buying far too early. But at least you've got them, and that's that's fine. I, after saying that, I have bought an advent calendar for Chris, but... You have to pre-order them because they sell out. So it's not so much that it's here. I haven't got it. I've just pre-ordered it. Yes. We actually have them in a bag. Yeah. And I won't get it until November. So I'm, I'm thinking that's acceptable. That is definitely acceptable. One of my favorite okay, films good. is About a Boy with Hugh Grant in it. The story yes. is Hugh Grant. I think he wrote a song or his dad wrote a Christmas song. One of, one of them. And so he's living off the royalties, basically. But the day at which he first hears it before Christmas gets earlier and earlier in the year. And there's this great scene where he's walking around the supermarket and you just see his face going, oh, no. Oh, they're playing it. And it's a, <laughs> it's a bit like that with Christmas tree or stuff in shops to do with uh, yeah. Christmas. But if, if the news reports are to be believed, then uh, we don't have enough delivery drivers to deliver stuff. Yeah, it'd be a nice small Christmas. Maybe maybe less, don't need to get your stuff first. Or less about the presents and more about the family time. Yes, that would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. That would be very nice. So I have a question via Wife of Grumpy. Oh. Why do you never see a brand new cement mixer? So if you think of all the programmes on the television where they're doing big DIY projects or big gardening projects, mm. or even when you're looking in warehouses having extensions, you never see a brand new cement mixer. It's a bit like baby pigeons. Do they absolutely exist? Interesting. Probably because once you've used a cement mixer once... A mincer, a cement mixer. You would n- <laughs> <laughs> a cement mixer. Very good. Once you've used it once, it, you would never know that it was only, only been used once. That's... That is probably the reason. But if you have an example of a brand new cement mixer being used, then let us know with photographic evidence, yeah. preferably. Obviously, I would like to see what a brand new cement mixer looks like. Interesting question. Now, in France, they've been experimenting with a substance and farming fertilizers. Can you guess what that substance mm. is? Well, it's the French. Yep. Wine? No. Cheese? Nope. It's urine. No. Yep. 
It's urine. It's urine. So there's a company there Ooh. that were paying an awful lot of money to get rid of urine and paying an awful lot of money for fertilizer. This light bulb went off and I went, oh, I wonder if we can make fertilizer from, from urine. I guess and you use fertilizer from other substances of you do. similar. You do. And Content. the first wee of the day on a compost heap is very beneficial because there's all sorts of stuff in it. I guess, yeah. Yeah, gets gets the whole thing going. So anyway, so yes, yeah, so they've been doing this. They've perfected the art and they've cut the costs of the fertiliser quite significantly. Why were they getting rid of we? That is a very good question and I cannot answer it. The article simply says, it was early 2018 where Matthew Priel complained to his friend Michael Rose about how costly and complicated it was to get rid of all the urine received by his waste management company in Bordeaux. So I don't know how he ended up with all of this. Clearly he did. Strange. Very strange. But actually, it's a second example of this I've heard this week. I was watching the news, local news last night or this morning. And it was a brewery in Horsham, I think it was. And they've taken the heat produced somewhere in the brewing process. And then mm. they now use that to heat the building in the winter, but also to go back to an earlier process in the brewing where they need the heat. So instead of just letting it go into the atmosphere, uh, yeah, and then having to They're pay for, it. well, for oil fired heating. They don't have to do it. And I think that's brilliant. And these are the things that really impressed me when we are facing mm. problem with climate and cost of fossil fuels and their use is that we, we come up with these ideas that just make things better. It's great. And they've got this prototype, which is still running. So using old bits of refrigerators and all sorts of stuff. And I said, works fine. So we're going to keep it. That's Excellent. so good. Yeah. So it's good to see. A lot these. better than just planting a tree. <laughs> I so I feel like so. that's the route a lot of companies go down is let's be carbon neutral, we'll plant a tree. I think that's making it very simple. It never is that simple. And you never see the tree, so you don't know how honest that sort of thing is. I know there has been some accusations pointed at a, a UK company about this, about them claiming green credentials that don't actually quite stack up. Anyway, talking about green things, a Tesla. A green one or an electric one? Electric one. Yeah, not a green one. No, an electric one. So <laughs> the, the Model X, which is a big old beast of a car, has gullwing doors, yeah. which are pretty cool. And there are warnings. They're the on, ones that go up. They are what? the ones that go up like a gullwing. Yes, yeah. that's it. They don't make that noise when they do it, but you get the idea. <laughs> anyway, so there's a warning apparently on the dashboard if you try and drive off with the door open, but it doesn't stop you from doing that. And I wonder if that's for uh, if you were trying to manoeuvre in a, a small space certainly i think it's one oh, of the okay. lamborghinis i saw clarkson demonstrating how to reverse you stick it. your head out of it you open the door and you basically sit on the sill and you still reach the pedals and then you can see quite happily there so maybe there's a reason for it whatever anyway so the driver of tesla model x in london decided to drive off and ignore all the warnings and then collided the door with a bus and then scraped all the way down oh, it God. and it was caught on video that's an experience expensive mistake well expensive but also the bus driver the passengers must have been scared witless i mean that must have been a hell of a bang mm. and possibly you didn't see it coming so that would have been fairly unpleasant no. i think i feel like it wouldn't have been in the bus driver's eye line really possibly not i mean when you look at the video it's 
pretty much. But where can you go? You know, you're a bus in a lane. <laughs> you can't, you've got this idiot with a door open. What are you going to do apart from brain? Yeah, so top tip if you've got a Tesla Model X, don't drive with the door open. Don't ignore the warning messages that come up on your car. Any car, don't ignore them. <laughs> Have you filled your washer bottle up recently? Yes. It's full, actually. Jordan no light. Good. The only light that is coming on is the service light, but we did service it. It just, we it just needs another light. service. No, I turned it off. Must be due another one. I thought we said we didn't turn it, set it properly. I thought I did. Because I haven't driven it enough and it's not been a year. Oh, I, I definitely I haven't off. driven it at the max miles. <laughs> I should turned it off. Yes, we'll have a look at the service book on Sunday and see if we can work it out. Because I know some of them, it works on time as well as service, as, as well as miles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I must do mine, actually. Anyway, you don't want to hear about that. Anyway. So, other end of the daredevil scale, if you count driving a Tesla with the doors open as a daredevil stunt. <laughs> I mean... So, Stunt Pilot has flown a Red Bull stunt plane through two tunnels. And the video That's impressive. is just, just amazing. So That's quite cool. His height above the road was between 70 centimetres and a metre. Three and a half metres between the wingtips either side and the tunnel Whoa. wall, which is not a lot, quite frankly. Not, that is, there is no room for error there, like at all. I assume they stopped the cars driving through. Yes, they did. Time. Yes, they did it uh, about half past six in the morning. So they did two tunnels. So they did the first one, which was 360 metres long, and mm. then into another one, which was just over a thousand. Absolutely oh, that's stunning. impressive. Yeah. The great thing about these days is it's all on video. So you can, you can be with the pilot as he does this. Yeah. And, I, and sit there terrifying. going. <gasps> yeah, pretty Squeeze. Can you like all clamp up, make yourself really tiny while you're watching it? Yes, absolutely. Because that helps, obviously. Well, it's a bit like when you drive in a um, multi-story car park and it's quite low. You tend to duck your head. You duck. Thing. <laughs> Always. Ridiculous thing to do. But um, yeah, we all do it. So forty-three. Or a bird flies really low in front of the car. Yes, absolutely. Forty-three seconds to do that. Goodness knows Impressive. how much planning for that. For a bit like a Watton Towers, lots of queuing for forty-three, 43 seconds, seconds of of excitement. I bet that didn't feel that quick though. No, no. I, I bet, bet that was the longest forty-three seconds of his I, life. I bet it was. Fortunately, he didn't try and do a celebratory barrel roll once in the tunnel because that shouldn't have ended very well so if you're thinking of racing a plane through a tunnel turkey seems to be the place to do it yes uh, they seem to be quite uh, quite happy with that right odd bit of news i came across this morning and i'm quite mm. sure how i found this is concept called dishwasher salmon and you wrap the salmon tightly in two layers of aluminium foil and put it in the dishwasher no yep. and you put it on the wash and dry cycle but not with you don't put it in with like dirty stuff. If if it was me doing it, I would because obviously. But surely the it would leak in a bit. The like or the soap. Apparently not. Well, don't put the soap in. Well, you can't clean the other stuff that's in there with no soap. No, that is uh, that. That's a good point. That's a very good. So maybe not put anything in there. I thought it was quite clever because you could put you come say, oh, I'm going to have dinner in uh, three hours' time. What I'll do is I'll put the dishwasher in and I'll put some salmon in at the same time, and then the dishes will be ready and will the dinner. So I thought it was quite quite a clever idea, but uh, wife of Grumpy said said no. So you're not trying that? No, but then she said that about the engine parts that I've cleaned in there. So we don't, don't talk about that. <laughs> 
if she doesn't know, it didn't happen. Well, there is that. Now, one of the things I get a bit grumpy about, one of the many things. One. One. Yeah. Only one. Let's cover one. The one of the many things is dirty road signs. And sometimes yeah. it's unavoidable because they're north-facing and it's in a damp area. So you get quite a bit of, sort of mold and, and algae on them. But it does bother me. It's like, because it looks a little bit unsightly, for one thing. But also you can't mm. see the sign so clearly at night because you lose the reflective ability of the sign. The Germans, the good old Germans, have got a solution to this. And it's basically yeah. a truck with an adapted high ab on the back with a big shampooing mitt and they go along the the motorways and uh, presumably this thing fires water as well as as that and they are they up and down on the side just scrubs it just gives it a good old clean which i think yeah. is a fantastic use of technology that is a good idea it is a very good very idea. good There's idea no ways about it. i don't think i don't think uh we're the best at signs in this country to be fair but i i followed some diversion signs the other day and they must have linked with some other diversion signs, and I have no idea where they took me. Well, there's two things here. One is that the diversion has to cater for the vehicles that would have been on the original route. Yes. And I also think that... So if you've got a road dug up in Surrey, they don't like then direction you using roads in West Sussex or Hampshire. So you end uh, up with these... But I mean, they're meant to take you... They're meant to take you back onto the road. You So basically, they're meant to take you to the other side of the road closed, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this didn't do that. No. They just vanished, and then I don't know where I was. Well, part of the problem Somewhere is in the middle of all so, the shots. Yeah, so many diversions at the moment, certainly where we are. And a lot of it, I'm going to say, is due to Thames Water and their absolute refusal to improve their network. And it mm. is a constant battle between the residents in Surrey and Thames Water. They were not, they will fix things when they're broken. But the problem is, we have areas where it is constantly wet and they just either and can't always or won't sort it out. Yeah, I know. And the yeah. problem is, they turn the water off to fix it and then they turn it back on again. And because the network is so old and antiquated, it just bursts somewhere else. It's, mm. it's I just think it's yeah. just completely wrong they should never have privatized water in my view i do have to say there is a very noticeable difference of when i go from surrey into hampshire of the condition of the roads they're so much smoother and like there's so many more ones that are new or there's signs saying they're about to be redone yeah lovely it's the same in Wales where we used to go to Aberystwyth when Charlotte was at university. Oh, the roads there were great. They were. And you'd get, there'd be a road with a small hole in it and there'd be signs saying, we're fixing this next Thursday. And it'll be tiny little country roads as mm. well. Not on the main road, it would be a random road. Most of the roads in Wales are quite small though, it has to be said. It's only a, that is a, true. A, a, only the one it's like road. one main road that goes the whole way through. Well, <laughs> no, it, it goes across the bottom and it goes across the top and then you've got windy roads in between in the middle <laughs> yeah something like that anyway we've uh, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent we have we have always expectedly so have you got a top tip for us i do like, is yeah, it better than last week's because that was quite frankly yeah a bit rubbish. i think so it was more than a, i think a, it's better than last but well, let's hope so so my top tip for this week is take a day off 
Oh, God, it is as bad as last week's. Tip, what are you saying? Can't just take a day off. Yeah, take a take a day's holiday. Don't plan anything. Just take a day and do nothing. What if you haven't got any holiday left? Then, then you don't really have a choice. You can't really take a day off. So your advice is a but, bit. Go on. But a lot of people do have a lot of holiday because of the we don't the word we don't say that word. Because of that, no one's been really going away. So everyone has a lot of holiday. I have a lot of holiday to take. I don't. I have well, to take time off. You at took three weeks off in August. No, I took two weeks off. Oh, there was a bit more than that. And this year, Christmas falls really nicely, so you get quite a lot of days off for Christmas well, without having to, t- to take days off. No, I have to take Christmas off. It's slightly odd mandate by the company. Well, if you've got holiday, take a day. Just take a day off. I had a shark-related fun fact last week. Yes, we've got another one. Well, it's the same one. I had uh, I had a message from the Screaming Tomato in Australia, who yes. very recently bought his first brand new car, and they've now gone into a mega lockdown. So I think he's driven four oh, miles of it. So he's a little disappointed that he can't get out and drive it, but the, the little bit of driving he mm. has done, he's thoroughly enjoyed it, and, uh, and good on him. He had a very sooty... Peugeot diesel when I knew him about 20 years ago. Yes, so it must be nice to have a a brand spanking car that doesn't stink of soot. (laughs) So he he said, oh, have you seen this about your fun fact last week? And it's a lot more information around the shark arm case, as it's called. Yes. So this was, in fact, in 1935. Quite a long time. I thought it was more recent than that, but it's not 1935. So the arm was vomited up by a captive three-and-a-half-metre tiger shark, if you remember from last week. Yes. But it turns out that that shark hadn't swallowed the arm. The arm had been swallowed by another shark that the tiger shark ate. So it's a little bit like Russian dolls. So the arm was in a shark <laughs> in a shark. It just, oh, I, I like that. And as we That's discuss- a good addition to that fact. It's, it's brilliant. And as we were discussing at lunchtime, if you saw that on a field, we'd go, oh, that's not very realistic, is it? That would never happen. But yeah. it turns it did. It did. Because there's some sharks that are more like garbage eaters, aren't there? I believe And they, they'll just so. eat anything. Well, I think they so will swallow was- anything. Yeah, but I don't think that's a tiger. I think tiger sharks are quite aggressive. Yes. I th- yeah. Predators. I mean- they like to live in things. Yes, and that I think they well, they'd eat humans as well, so it's not uh, not unlikely. So the the gentleman whose arm it was was James Jim Smith, who was born in England in mm. 1890 and had been oh. missing since earlier in April. So his arm and tattoo, because he had a very prominent tattoo on there, were pos- positively identified by his wife and his brother. And Smith had led a high-risk lifestyle, as he was also a police informer, as well as being a bit of a villain, I think. So he was a snitch. He was a stall pigeon. So Mm -hmm. examination revealed the limb had been severed with a knife, which we talked about last week, which led to a murder investigation. They narrowed it down to a Sydney businessman named Reginald William Lloyd Holmes. Holmes Bit fancy. Well, it is, but he was a fraudster and a smuggler. And a boat builder. And the pair of them had been involved in insurance scams. Obviously just all got a bit peaked on. 
yeah, what yeah. a brilliant story. But I, I'm amazed that at is. how old it is. And there's a ton of information on here. I'll I'll post that link as ever. So the shark saved the day. <laughs> well, sort of, yeah. Otherwise, it would have just been a person disappeared. What happened to the rest of the body yeah. is unknown. I feel like it was cut up with a knife. It was probably cut into pieces and disposed of. Well, it could have been eaten by other sharks that were then eaten by a tiger shark. Weren't eaten. Mm. <laughs> but it's a TV play, The Grey Nurse Said Nothing. Slightly odd name, but... Bill Bryson mentions it in his book Down Under. And it was also the That would basis... be a good movie. Well, potentially. Could be dreadful, but it could be good. Not much in the way of it'd be sort of a procedural type thing, but it was made into an episode of CSI Miami. So <sighs> I'm gonna watch it... that. Yeah. Two thousand and three. I love CSI Miami. I think it's probably more of a an hour's T V series than a film. I don't think it's enough. Mm. True, yeah. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.